0: And when you wanna take your conversations with your fans to the next level, Q and A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, it's made uploading content for voice of adoptees extremely easy. I get your message across and we grow our audience, which ultimately is our goal in the end. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees, which brings together diverse and unique voices from around the world to share their stories. If you like today's episode, remember to give us a like, subscribe, and leave a review. Here's your host, David Shunk. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees. Tonight, we're joined by an adoptive mother. Uh, her name is Terry. She's down in the outskirts of D.C., down in the Maryland area of the United States. She adopted a young girl from Russia. And it's fun that we have a adoptive mother back on the show. We haven't had one since my mother was on the yeah. show, so that should be interesting. So, Terry, welcome to the show. It's good to have you on.
1: Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely. Anytime. So, Let's just dive right in. What chose you to adopt?
1: I, oh, When we got married, we got married when we were a little bit older, and I ran into infertility. And so I really wanted children, and we tried a lot of different things, and nothing worked. And finally, my infertility specialist said, do you want to be pregnant, or do you want children? I said, I want children. And he said, well, then adopt. And so that's when we started going down the road to adopt.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty similar to what my adopted mother experienced as well. She was, I think, almost 40 years old. And they said it's funny they actually tried to adopt in the U.S., but the agency said that they were even at a certain age that they weren't really eligible. So they had to look at international adoption, which is kind of weird, but I don't know. Times are different back then. But right, right, right. So part of your journey looking to adopt, how did you choose Russia out of all places?
1: Well, you know, I've got four of them, four, four of them, four, (laughs) four kids. So my first one, I went to Romania and got when that was because Ceausescu had been executed. They opened all the orphanages that he had put, you know, kids in. There were just thousands of them. So we, me, and my best friend went over there, and I brought back a little boy who was a little over one, and then. We had also gone to D.C. trying to adopt through foster care and had gone through classes for six, eight weeks. And then after we went to the class, then we never, nobody ever called us. So got Eric in March. And then in August, I got a phone call from a nurse who worked in D.C. and said, there's a little baby here who's, I know she's going to be put up for adoption. So I called and god worked many miracles and i was able to get megan we got her in uh, october and um so then when i was in romania i met a man who well long story i met a woman who said she was going to start an adoption agency in russia and so she called me we got back we started going through her Finally found out that she was taking all our money, and the FBI was after her. So lost money, didn't get a child. But in the midst of this, I met a man named Ron Stoddard, who was also doing a, um adoption agency in Russia. And he seemed a little more legit. So that's when we decided to go to Russia.
0: Yeah, Ron's a good guy. He's, he's awesome. So you, did you use him personally, or is this during his time at Nightlight? When he was the director.
1: Yeah, we used him. Well, we used Nightlight, but we got to know him personally. He, in fact, he came here. We had two after we adopted Kelsey and Chris. We had two picnics, and Ron came, and so we got to know him personally. And then he did Nightlight, and then he did Operation Snowflake, where he ad, he adopts out fertilized eggs. So
0: right, right. That and they called that Snowflake Adoption. That was their nickname. Yeah, that's, wow, that's that's interesting. So in what ways has adopting children changed your life? In ways where maybe if you had biological children, they wouldn't, or have you ever thought about that?
1: Well, one of the things we came back, we were just really excited about, with all four of them, just excited about adoption. So we started talking about adoption in our church, and we ended up probably with about 10 couples in our church adopting, particularly from Russia friends of ours who also went through Ron and Nightlight and and adopted. So I've always had now a heart towards adoption. I had never really thought about it beforehand until, you know, the doctor said, be pregnant or get uh, children. I said, children, you know, who who wants to be pregnant necessarily?
0: sorry i i don't have experience so i can't help you there but no,
1: no no well neither do i so you know but i didn't didn't look real fun to me but
0: i, I don't know they always say it's the best moment of their life i'm thinking uh, no, wow I, your life yeah. sure must be nice <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding
1: so i think that's what you know i mean after that i've always had a heart towards adoption encourage people i encouraged one Family to do Operation Snowflake, and they were able to have. They got the uh, fertilized egg, and they had somebody else carry it for them. So, but they mm-hmm. got the baby now.
0: Okay, wow, wow, yeah. So basically, the egg was it was delivered, and then they let the baby grow inside the woman, and then the baby was theirs. That got it. Did you have any concerns getting into adopting children? Did you have any? second thoughts before you ended up going to get children uh, all the all your different kids
1: yeah, i mean i mean number 1 when i went to romania i went with a, you know another woman and we met a christian missionary who i had never met in my life so we flew to austria and then drove to romania not knowing anybody. we went with a group of pastors i didn't know any of them so and driving over you know all the way to romania and we had we had no idea who we were going to adopt they just said there were children come come look around and find them so That was a bit scary. I was probably scared the whole time. So, and and a lot of times we, and in Romania, people would offer you children and they would say, we have a baby for you or two year old. And then when you go to their little house and they lived in little gross huts. And then when we got to the house, there would be a 16 year old they wanted us to adopt because basically they wanted us to get them over to America. So yeah, Romania was pretty scary. We got Megan from DC the only thing scary about that was we had to foster care her for a year with the possibility of adoption. So I was never sure until, you know, we finalized it, which took three years in America to finalize it, that we were really going to get Megan. With Chris and Kelsey, They. the only thing scary then was their medical records, which the Russians lied on because they had two diseases. On, one on Kelsey's and one on Chris's, and when I took it to the doctor to have them look at, there was no such disease. They had just made it up because they wanted to be able to get kids out of Russia that they said, oh, you know, these kids are all sick and they have this and that, and so we don't care to keep them.
0: Yeah, that that's very, very common. Yep. Uh, my parents told me the same thing. They, at the time, I mean, the Soviet Union collapsed, the government wasn't really functioning 100% half the time, and, they to get kids to be eligible even to be placed for adoption they had to be basically deemed unhealthy or not not recommended for russian families so that's how they got them out of the country i mean i had supposedly that they said i had hydrocephalic which is water in the brain
1: yeah, yeah and so did and so did chris but there was some other thing and i can't remember the name of it but club feet uh, no, she didn't have club feet. <laughs> okay, well, they had a lot of random things. And, uh... Yeah, oh, they had tons of it, and it was just funny because when we first got Chris, I called Ron, and I said, Ron, you know, because he had met Chris. He had gone over there. He took videos of him, and I said, you never mentioned, you know, all these, and he said, that's just, you know, a lie. It's not true. That's, you know, and and we had watched Chris on the video, and he didn't seem anything they said. Yeah. So... Then When we got the medical record on Kelsey and I said, Look, Mark, same thing, same thing. So we knew that they were, you know, other than she had crossed eyes,
0: right? I feel like every Russian adoptee had that. I had
1: crossed eyes, <laughs>
0: I had corrective eye surgery because it was bad when I came here. And even then, still when there are times where I get really tired, my eye will start to just move, and I'm like, Uh, like it's you had to have it twice, okay? Yeah. Yeah, another big medical diagnosis was club feet, and it was pretty funny because so my parents are veterinarians, and when my mom went over there, they didn't understand like veterinarian doctor. They're like, ah, eh, close enough, right? So literally, so the the staff at the orphanage started holding up babies and saying like, does she look like she has club feet? And my mom's like, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like, okay.
1: How old were you when you were adopted, David?
0: I was almost two. So I was pretty young.
1: Kelsey was almost four, but she only weighed like 90 pounds. She was tiny, tiny. Yeah. Not, yeah, not 90 pounds. It's she was 20, uh, 20 pounds. Yeah, so 90. <laughs> that would have been, she was a little chunk of <laughs> 20 pounds. So she was tiny and. A little Russian potato. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. More like a Russian piece of celery. Just, you know, uh, So, and she didn't speak Russian and she, but, and they said, we don't know if she'll ever learn English. So that made me a little nervous, but I was trusting God and she came over and it was soon after she was just talking and talking and has never stopped talking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's for sure. So did you ever, have you been back to Russia since the adoption?
1: No, because Mark went over and got Chris and I went and got Kelsey. No, never been back. I want them to go back. I would like for Chris and and Kelsey to go to St. Petersburg. It's a beautiful city. It was was pretty run down when I was there, but it still had the potential. And I know that they've done, because they were working on Moscow at the same time. And, of course, we had to take the train there and stayed with the Russian family there who was just lovely. I mean, everybody there was nice as they could be. Yeah. Have you been back?
0: Yeah, I have. I have almost. 10 years now it's crazy but i haven't been there for a while but it's it's just magical it was just unbelievable i mean i was like you expect a certain like outcome and it's not even close to what you imagine and the whole trip went by so quickly but it still feels like a whole kind of fairy tale but it's the reason why i asked if you went back to russia and i and a follow-up question would be, have you ever considered going with your children back to Russia? Maybe like on a one-on-one with Kelsey back to Russia. Explore it together, maybe.
1: Yeah, there would be, I mean, I'd love to go back. Where were you born?
0: Uh, Smolensk. So it's right on the border of uh, Belarus and Russia. So if you literally go into the capital and you go directly west toward Belarus, we're the, we're the last main city.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, she was there, She and Chris were born in St. Petersburg. And of course, it's at the Hermitage Museum, which is one of the best museums supposed to be in the world. And, um, you know, we got to go through there. And it's just got beautiful cathedrals and churches. And, and and then, you know, Moscow itself was unique. So, yeah, I'd like to go back. It's, you know, somebody would give us the money. We would <laughs> we'd go in a minute. Though so.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. While well, your adopted kids grew up, you know, in your family, did they ever seem interested in the Russian roots? or did they not
1: oh well a little bit i mean not i don't know you know they got i i brought back some of the russian things you know the little dolls and i got a book some books and uh, you know we've talked about it and i've told him what st petersburg looked like and you know how beautiful it was and chris we tried to get to learn russian he learned he knew russian when he came over and within 6 months he had completely tr- you know stopped Russian and learned English. He didn't want to speak Russian anymore. And we had a lady coming over who would try to help him, but they he didn't knows. they didn't like her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Rosa. and uh, so um never tried with with Kelsey. but I mean, Kelsey started learning English by singing almost immediately, but they neither one you know knew Russian. and so and they, I think, Chris, particularly, because he was six going on seven. He really wanted to be an American. So he did go back and take Russian, and he can understand it a little bit. He can speak a little bit, but not much. So I wouldn't say a great deal.
0: Okay. When, When you were getting Kelsey and Chris in Russia, what was your favorite memory of Russia in general?
1: I think the churches. I just think they were beautiful, just the way they need. You know, some of them they needed fixing up or painting. But I just think the the churches unique. You know, and it, I mean it's really a pretty country and the city. Like I said, Saint Petersburg is beautiful. The the Hermitage I love, but we had to. We had one hour, and I think they have I can't remember two million items in it. So we went just flying through. So I mean things like you know some of the most famous paintings. You, you know that. Exist are there the real the real ones in DC? It's always the print and in there they had the real ones because I guess Catherine the Great collected them all and put them there. So,
0: yeah, uh, no, Saint Petersburg is home to yeah a lot of history through, uh through yeah Catherine the Great and the Romanov period and then World War Two and yeah that's that's crazy to think about. It. It's cool to think about that people actually are from these areas where you know you're in a classroom setting and you learn about it and then to realize like. Wow, you know, you're probably thinking, oh, they're learning about World War II. Like, that's where I got my kids from. (laughs) Like, they they were in the same city that big war was happening, you know. It's crazy. So, as you know, you know, Kelsey was already on the show, and we interviewed her, and we know her story. And you know, I assume, that, you know, she went looking for her family in Russia. What were your thoughts originally when she wanted to go looking? Did you have any doubt
1: or— any... No, I was really glad because, uh, in fact, all three of, well, her her brother and her sister have all looked. Chris, her other brother, I, I think he went on your, the adoption page, but he, he never got any response, anything back, and he never seemed to be, oh, well, you know, but I actually went, somebody gave us the money for me to fly back to Romania with Eric, and he met his grandmother and his sister and his uncle and aunt. And then Megan, her sister, who was the one we adopted in D.C., met her, let's see, her aunt, her cousin, her brother, her sister. So when Kelsey did this, you know, and tried to find her brothers and found her brothers and then recently found her uh, um, sister and brother, I, no, I was thrilled. I thought it was great. I'm I'm glad they did it. I think it's a, it sometimes fills a hole, you know, that maybe they've had. So I was happy for them. Yeah, I cried.
0: Aww. <laughs> well, that's great. What What's your opinion about adoptive parents that discourage their children from looking into their roots and into their other family abroad?
1: Well, I just think that, like I said, I think there's probably a little bit of something, a hole or an emptiness when you don't know where you know okay where was i born and i say st petersburg and she has no idea you know or who was my mother or who are my relatives i think it helps to me it helped the kids to be able to know and see and meet and oh. you know talk to her brother and talk meet Go, she met met her sister and her two you know in fact she has two nieces and mm-hmm. her brother in washington is that where he is um no he's in oklahoma oklahoma I yeah so I just think it fulf- helps to fulfill, you know, um, if there's been any, because I think a lot of kids I read about and know about, they never, you know, they never said tons about it, like, oh, I've got this big hole and I don't know, but, I, you know, I just think most adopted kids do. And so, to me, I would always encourage parents, you know, I was never afraid, like, oh, my gosh, Kelsey's going to choose her brothers over us, or, you know, maybe because they're in Russia, and, you know, I don't, but even with Megan, her family is in D- you know, in United States. And I just never had a fear that she would say, you know, pooey on you, mom, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go find my other family. In her family.
0: teenage years, you kind of well, wonder, though. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs>
1: teenage years could be a little rough. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's everyone can relate to that. But, you know, I'm curious because I've always found it interesting how some adoptive parents tend to, you know, not be favoring the fact that they have kids who are adopted and they're going to want to go find their other family one day or their Mm -hmm. relatives. You know, we hear, unfortunately, negative stories about the adoptive mother getting very territorial and thinking, you know, why do you need to go find your birth mom? I'm your mother. I'm right here. She's not right. But part of me feels in in the adoptee's defense, part of me feels like if you're adopting me, you should know that you're adopting a child that is from somewhere else. And that whole side is not your side technically. And you need to be at least be aware of that, you know, because everybody wants to feel identity. They wanna feel and know where they like are from and belong, it's part of who you are. And I just never understood that how some parents, some adoptive parents just don't seem to grasp that idea. And I'm lucky yeah, go ahead.
1: I think that, that if they do, I think they're afraid. They're afraid that their daughter, you know, their daughter or son will say, "I, mom, it was nice being here for the last, you know, 18 years, but I'm, I'm too." And I, and yet I've and I haven't in all the people that we know that have adopted, and some of them have had hard times, but I've never heard any of them leave their adopted family to go, you know, back to their birth family, even though they've met their birth family. 18, 20 years later, I, you know, it's always been, I met him, and I'm glad we met and it was good. And, you know, but I don't think you'd want to fly over and live with your brother, would you? No.
0: No. (laughs) So I'm curious, what would you say if maybe one day Kelsey decided to adopt a child of her own after what you have experienced? Right. Would you give her some wisdom?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, I have given other people wisdom that I I think a lot of adopted kids would benefit from counseling. And I wish we had started counseling because I do feel like that, you know, there's part you know, particularly with one of my kids, I think they experience a feeling of rejection. You know, their mom gave them away and why. And particularly when they became teenagers and they realize, okay, I can have a baby now, but I want to give my baby away. And so I think that we should have started counseling earlier so they understand, you know, what what sometimes birth birth families go through and almost have to give up a baby they can't, you know, they can't either mentally take care of them or physically or, you know, lots of reasons, you know, they've got drug problems or whatever. And so I think that would help and to understand help them understand too as an adopted parent what we you know, feel. So I think if I, if Kelsey ever decided, that's what I would, I think I would advise her, you know, and I don't mean at two years old, but, you know, maybe when they're seven or eight, they have counseling to start on that, just to begin to understand so that when they are teenagers, to me, that's when most of them start going through hard times.
0: Yeah. You know, that's you brought up a lot of good points and I'm not sure about how all your kids feel, but I agree with that statement. It definitely took until I got I'd say high school age middle school age to finally think more about I was you know I'm actually from another country because before that it's not that I just didn't have interest. it honestly didn't cross my mind much right you know so I don't know everyone's different but
1: and we, we they had some friends that in fact our best friends at the time were adopted the the my best friend who I went to uh, Romania with adopted two boys and then we also her mom adopted a little girl from Richmond. And got her at the same time we got Chris, the mm-hmm. same day. And so they, we so we used to always have an adoption day. It was like, a uh, mm-hmm. you know, a birthday party, but it was the day that we, you know, so. Yeah, your
0: gotcha day.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We celebrated the adoption. And then they also knew that we were helping other people to adopt. So I don't think they ever thought, you know, that we ever looked like, oh, we had to adopt or, you know, wish we could have had you know, our own children, uh, birth children. So I think because maybe we made a bigger thing of it, it was sort of a, it, it and, and a lot of people at the church made them feel like, you know, like, hey, y'all are special. This is.
0: That was actually gonna be my next question was how did, you know, your close friends and community during your, the adoption process and then welcoming these kids home, were they very positive for it with you, supporting you through the
1: at the beginning, I mean, I mean, always at the beginning, I mean, you know, when we came flying in, there were, you know, tons of people at the airport and they would have signs up. And yeah, I mean, they were very supportive. They they thought I was crazy to do four children. But once they met, Kelsey, they, they knew why I did because she's so sweet and uh, they all thought she was so cute, even though she had crossed eyes issues was- <laughs> when they started going through. High school and having some troubles just from, I think, you know, from facing the adoption and why did my parents want me? That was the biggest thing. Why did I, why was I given up? I think then people were like, well, you know, you chose to adopt them and you got to deal with it. So that kind of thing got hard then.
0: Yeah. So if you were to meet another adoptive parent who happened to adopt a child from Russia, too. How would you begin that conversation?
1: Well, I know that my thing is, I know a bunch of people who have adopted from Russia. And, you know, I mean, I probably just ask them questions like I'd ask from here. Oh, where are you? Where were you born? Or where was your child born? Where, you know, what city? Oh, where, like I asked you, where is that located? How old was the child? And how has the, you know, how has it been that you had to adopt? I think I would ask that, you know, just all you're asking me, but I think that's what I would do.
0: When it came to health records, did it ever make you upset that you didn't have enough information from the orphanage or from the adoption process?
1: It upset me that I realized that when we got Kelsey and comparing it with Chris's that they, you know, and and they had said the same thing about Chris's, that it wasn't true, you know. So a lot of what we got, we didn't know. She didn't know till things started even happening recently that, you know, and it took me a long time. She was very little, tiny. And so we had to try to make her grow, fatten her up. And also I got genotrophin and, but she had to fall in such a specific, how big she was, you know, how long she was when she was born, which we had, how much she weighed And so it happened to be that she fit that, and so she was able to get that. So she probably grew, I think, three and a half inches taller than she would have. But, well, and she also had parasites when she came over, which made her be really sick her first year, and she didn't gain any weight. Chris, on the other hand, didn't have them, so he came over tiny, tiny. He was the same size as his brother, who was four, but he gained and grew, boom, 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 you know, and she didn't. So... It took us forever to find out what was wrong with her. And then when we did and got that taken care of, then she started to grow. And
0: Yeah, uh, actually speaking of health and all that, Kelsey and I had a conversation a couple months ago of our experiences going through H. pylori. And how apparently that's very, very common. I mean, I'd never even heard of it until the doctors just literally said, oh, by the way, we did a blood test. Do you know how H. pylori? I'm like, what's that? They're just like, oh, it's just a stomach thing. It's very common if you weren't born in this country. I'm like. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they said, I mean, they told Kelsey that it could have been from the um, parasites and all. So you might have parasites and didn't know it. you know.
0: Maybe. Yeah. A couple more questions for you. If you were to travel back to Russia with Kelsey or Chris, where would you like to go in Russia? Like, what sites would you like to show them?
1: Well, I'd definitely like to go through St. Petersburg, because that's where they were born. You know, I mean, we've got videos of the hospital, but it would be hospital still there. It'd be nice to just go and see it. But all, you know, the hermitage and the different churches and, and again, I didn't have obviously very long in St. Petersburg because we were over there and then we had to take the train to Moscow. I'd like to go back to Moscow. I thought that, you know, Red Square and all that was extremely interesting and, you know, pretty. And um, but again, we were only in Moscow for three days, maybe. So it wasn't like we had a long time to tour. So, I mean, those two places mainly, I'd have to, you know, look it up and see other. I don't know, m- maybe your city. You know,
0: why not? <laughs> have do you ever uh, do you like Russian food at all?
1: They love. Well, I've made them borscht. <laughs> you know, and I like. It's like it's all right. I, you know, with the cabbage and and
0: the beets. Yeah. About Romanian, the Romanian food.
1: <laughs> uh, the Romanian food was. T- you know, I was over in Romania from January through March trying to get a child. And this was in dead of winter. So it was like, oh, sometimes 40 below zero. But also the the food, I was staying with a pastor's friends. And so they would cook us meals, but it was the greasiest, I mean grease would just slime, roll down. And you know, so we had one time they had eggplant and it was just looked like they had just dumped it in grease. So I mean, Kathy, when they left the room, Kathy and I Wrapped it up in a paper towel or a napkin and stuffed it in our pocket. So you know, he, because you, they were giving you their best food. I mean, they were, and so you didn't dare say yuck or you know spit it out or something. But I, I couldn't eat it; it was so bad. Kathy liked everything, but I except for that. But I, I, I think I lost weight while I was over there. So yeah, the food in in Russia, as far as I remember was good. Um I had borscht at this we we stayed in Moscow we stayed with a family and they cooked borscht and I liked it and borscht and I think we had sausage. The other place I don't even remember what we had. Some kind of soup.
0: It so like a cabbage soup
1: maybe or Maybe I remember there was a lot of cabbage.
0: But they just throw that in everything and call it borscht. I mean, I, when I had one of the places in Russia I stopped was my grandmother's house actually, and you know borscht is famous for its red color, and this soup was about as brown as you could get. And I'm like, what is this? And she's like, oh, it's borscht. I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know. Where is she from? (laughs) So my grandmother was for, born in the Demidova region. It's just north of Smolensk, but for the most part, my mother's side of the family is all from Smolensk, which is nice. Uh, besides a cousin that apparently one of my birth mothers, so my birth mother's cousin actually lives in the United States in Florida. And I talk to her all the time and she's great. So it just happened that way. It's it's awesome. But, That's neat. That's neat. Yeah, yeah, it is neat. Um, So... Two, two, two questions and that's all I have left for you the first question would be if you were to do this whole process over again would you do it the exact same way or would you do something differently hmm. good question
1: well when we i said when we started we were older uh, that was and that was against us um because a lot of places won't let you adopt if you're older i think i was 39 when we started and so when they would they were looking in dc looking for anybody to come down and foster care with the with the intent to adopt so that's why we did that most of the babies down there are black or biracial obviously we're white and so that was a problem even though we said we would take a black or biracial baby we have a friend of ours who's black and she lives has lived with us for 33 years and she was living with us then and our neighbors were black so our church was pretty integrated. So it wasn't like we were bringing a child into a totally white neighborhood or white family, but we never, that was the one way I told you, we never got called. So would I have done that again? I mean, because it ended up well, but it was, took miracle after miracle after miracle to go, and again, to go to Romania, we went over there not knowing who we were, I didn't go knowing the name of a child. In fact, when we got to, After we got the boys, okay, we got three little boys, and then we went to Bucharest, and we went to the embassy. And the day before that, and we we had gone over with our husband giving given us a power of attorney to adopt. That was all, because we didn't know who we were going to adopt. We weren't, you know. So the day before we got to the embassy, the American Congress had passed a law saying that you could, because of Romania mainly, that you couldn't just go over there and say, you can adopt anybody. You you know, you had to have their name. So we had to go through all this rigmarole that we had to have my husband and her husband go to this place, a friend of ours who, you know, got the the birth certificates remade for Eric and the two boys. Then Mark had to fly to New York. They had to fly from New York to Bucharest to, to get the papers to us and we had to go to the embassy the next day we were the first people with these papers with their names on the lady was like you know how how you do this so fast how you do it so that was the only way we could. so it, it was and i said we were up and living in this little house you know it was 40 30 degrees below zero we were out in the snow when we went out in the snow we we got in a um they had they made the roads clear by two two by fours on the back of horses and and then we had this little car behind it. and i don't like riding in the snow anyway and here we are riding in the snow and this man drove like 90 miles an hour and i thought i'm gonna die i'm gonna <laughs> die i'm trying to adopt a sh-. so you know the the things that i think about and then with Chris and Kelsey, it was more normal adoption. We knew their names. We had seen them, you know, and we we had somebody meeting us over there and guiding us. And so that would have been an easier to do that. You know, if if somebody asked me, I would say, yeah, you make sure you get a good adoption agency who knows the people who are over there, who knows the kids and that they will meet you and, and guide you through and, you know get you back home safely. Because in Romania, I wasn't sure I was ever going to get back home. So so the first two were a little on the nutty side, you know, not the two kids, but the nutty experiences. The last two were easier.
0: Yeah. You know, your, your response is about, you know, people driving fast, not wanting to die. It, it, that's common. I mean, my mom told me the same thing. And even when we went back, even when we went back to Russia, there was one point we were going up the this- Steep road out of my city. My uh, uncle was driving. He was going like, who, who knows, 80, 90, and there were full semi trucks, and he would just blindly just cut, go around them, not looking behind him. And I thought it was hilarious. I was having a blast. Uh, we had we had we had Russian music playing really loud, and everyone was having a good time. And I kid you not, my mom leaned over to me, grabbed my arm, and pulled me to her, and with the straightest tone I've ever heard, she's like, David. I don't want to die in this country. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. She said that. Yep.
1: Yeah. Many times I felt that way. And Kathy and I were, you know, then we, I mean, they took us to just some of the weirdest places to, to adopt. And, you know, it was one, one time, They, um, uh, we got a phone call from somebody, I couldn't understand because they were speaking Romanian, but he goes, you know, uh, Radu was his name, Radu said, come, 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 and it was like, I mean, seven feet of snow outside, so we got, he had a van that the pastor had given him, so we got, and they had cleared the roads with these two-by-fours, so we got in the van, and again, he was one of the ones, I mean, you know, in in snow, seven feet, we were going 70 miles an hour, and I thought... Well, and the, crazy. the girl the girl who di- who came with me didn't want to go that day. So I was with me and nobody who spoke any English, except you know, and so even if I'd yelled out, I'm gonna die, you know, they wouldn't have known what I was saying. And then we, we had to park and then I had to walk maybe a half a mile through a blizzard. I felt like it was Dr. Shivago and I got, you know, got to the house and it was this little bitty house and they had fireplace. So it was smoke, I mean smoke you walked in, there must have been, I don't know, 12 people in there. And I could hear the baby. That's the one I thought I was going to get. So I went over and I I had a, there were a bunch of kids. And so I had brought suckers. I was giving out the suckers to all the little children. And then I saw the baby and just as I'm getting ready to lean over to touch the baby something, Radu, you know, my translator, except he doesn't speak English. The person who's also came over and he said, come, come, go, go. And, And I'm like, well, what, what? Here's the baby. What? No, go, go. So I had to walk the half a mile through the snow again. He, he. Remember, he can't speak to me. I don't know. I'm like, what's happening? You know, and we got in the car at 70 miles an hour back or anything. Finally, we got back to the house. I was alive and we went in and he explained to the girl who was my interpreter that when they got there, they said they had changed their mind. They didn't want to give me the baby. They wanted to give me their 16-year-old daughter. And I said, and, you know, he knew I didn't want a 16-year-old daughter. And he also knew that that what they were planning, what he said, was they were going to send their 16, 17-year-old. So as soon as they turned 18, they could have them come to America. You know, they, they could bring their family over. So that's, you know, one of the nutso experiences. Well, there were several. But um, I said with Kelsey and with Chris, it was just, you know, we stayed with nice people, and we had, you know, a, I had a wonderful uh, guy who who spoke English and Romanian and drove, still drove pretty fast, even he drove pretty fast, I don't think they all drive faster, and little cars, little cars, so if you did crash, you, you know, you didn't stand a chance, except the van, the van, but David, was, in fact, David was his name that drove me around, Kelsey, and the people at the orphanage were nice as they could be, they they put a big bow on her head. She <laughs> didn't have enough hair to tie bow, the, so they taped the bow on her head. <laughs> But that was just more normal. Then we had to take the train down to Moscow and go through the embassy, which made me a little nervous after the embassy in Romania. But the embassy in, in Russia, they were very nice, and there was no complications, and nice to get on the plane, and it was nice to fly back to the United States, though, even then. Because I, I, there were uh, still, when we we were over... We adopted you in 1991, Six. 96. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it was still a little like you saw a lot of the communist soldiers and they, you know, they all looked like they were going to shoot me, you know, and so that made me a little nervous.
0: Yeah, my, my mom said the same thing. She traveled to Russia with her mom to get me. So on the way back to the U.S., they stopped in uh, Germany for a layover. And because I was a Soviet, I'm sorry, a Russian citizen, I wasn't an American citizen yet. I couldn't leave the international terminal. And and this was right after you know like berlin wall went down like 5 6 years ago and but anyway germany was still divided and you had the you know communists like on one side of the airport with literally machine guns standing there who would let my but, but they were friendly with american citizens so my mom had this like predicament where she had to tra- trade with her mom because she'd be like, okay, I have to go to the bathroom, but I can't bring my baby of a son with me because apparently he's a Russian citizen and they won't let me. So, Cause he's such a threat at his age. I mean, you know, but oh, yeah. But
1: yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: That's, yeah. It's crazy. I got one final question for you and that is as an adoptive parent, what advice would you give to other adoptive parents? Who have adopted children or are thinking about adopting children?
1: Well, again, I said I think I would recommend counseling when they were younger. You know, I said maybe eight years old when they be- start to begin to really understand about adoption, eight or nine, um, and so that they can talk about it and begin to express their feelings. And if they could, if you had the money, I would have them go back to their country. Like I said, I've I've encouraged. Chris and, and Kelsey to go back, you know, still do. So, you know, maybe on your honeymoon. Yeah. And I'd love to, we just haven't had the money to do it. And so I think that would be a big thing. I think to celebrate adoption, I think that was good for them because it looked like it was a good thing. You know, it was like, it wasn't, and and it was a good thing it was we were, we, you know, I, I, still feel like was a wonderful god-given thing that we got to adopt four kids and so i think i would say celebrate it you know have you know gotcha day or adoption day and also try to and that way also try to beat other kids that are adopted so they have friendships that other kids are adopted so that they don't feel like so unique you know i'm the only one everybody else has a birth parent and i'm the only adopted one so I would encourage if they could do that, you know, that would be a great thing.
0: Oh, that's that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight, sharing your show, your show, wow, your story. Uh I hope, I mean if you if you want to take over the show, be
1: my guest, but You did a great job. I heard you the other day. Oh,
0: oh well, thank you. Well, I, I pre- we appreciate you coming on sharing. We need more adoptive parents to uh come out there and give their side. We've been hearing mostly adoptees, but you know, it's nice like i said i got my mom on the show a few weeks ago and you're the second one so that's gonna be awesome i'll tell her to listen to it and i'm sure she'll love it yeah that'd be that'd be great
1: Kelsey have we have other friends who've uh adopted from russia you know that ton would probably yeah we could right Liana, yeah yeah, on, yeah yeah there's maybe, quite a few yeah yeah that we that she could get the parents
0: great well you, as long as we spread the word and pass it on that's what we're trying to do but again thank you so much for your time You're so i really welcome. appreciate it and thank i'll be you sure David, to thank uh you. I'll, I'll be down in the area soon probably so love <laughs> well, to get.
1: give a call a couple of days before and don't call her call me uh,
0: you got it no problem <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you everyone thanks for listening to voice of adoptees please take a moment to like subscribe and leave a review see you next time